Welcome to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. This podcast provides parents with current research about ADHD and strategies for helping their children. ADHDfamilies.ca is a resource website for parents of children who have ADHD. All of the resources have been evaluated by experts in the field of ADHD, so parents can feel confident that they are receiving trustworthy information. Visit ADHDfamilies.ca and follow us on Twitter. Hi everybody, it's Christopher Ann here again. I'm a registered psychologist at the Can Learn Society and I'm also one of the team members of ADHDfamilies.ca. Today is a great topic. Um, we're going to be talking about transitioning to post-secondary education. So if you're a parent of a teenager um, or if you know of parents who have teenagers who are thinking about going to post-secondary after high school, you might want to let them know about this podcast. We've got some really great information um, that can be helpful for the transition process. So um, if you are a parent who, have a ch- who has a child with ADHD who's in the school system, you probably know that... Um, because they have the ADHD diagnosis, they can receive uh, different kinds of supports and accommodations um, in the classroom setting. Some parents and some students don't realize that you can also receive supports and accommodations in the post-secondary setting. So that's what I'll be talking about today. So basically we like to recommend that youth who have either ADHD and or learning disabilities Um, We recommend that they want to start planning their transition to post-secondary as early as possible. Um, Anytime starting around grade 9, 10, 11 is good. And to start seeking help um, from their parents and other adults who can assist them with this. So parents, you are going to want to keep in mind that because of some of the difficulties that teenagers have with ADHD, that they're going to need help with planning, looking into deadlines, and keeping all of this information organized. So some of the things that you should do early in this sort of transition process include some of the following things. So students, teenagers, you want to participate in your IPP meetings. So an IPP is an individual program plan, and if you have one set up, that means that at some point you've made a plan with teachers and perhaps other school staff as to what kinds of supports and accommodations will be given to you. So for example, some people um, have extra time to write tests, or they're allowed to go to a quieter area in the classroom or perhaps in the library to write tests, things like that. So it's recommended that um, teenagers become actively involved in their education, understand your diagnosis, and be aware of what accommodations and supports are available and helpful to you. Because sometimes those are different for um, every person. The next thing to consider is to develop your learning strategies. So get help with things like test taking, studying, organization, and time management. Post-secondary instructors have a certain level of expectation that students will be independently using these skills, and so you do have to take initiative to learn some of these strategies, and these are all areas in which um, individuals with ADHD do tend to struggle. 
So if you can take advantage of any workshops that maybe your guidance counselor is providing within the school to learn things like test taking or different memory and studying strategies, that can also be helpful. Um, those are also things that are often provided um, as well in the post-secondary context. The other thing to keep in mind is to explore your interests. So meet with a guidance counselor, talk about what you might like to do after high school. Another good way about looking at in your interests is to volunteer and take advantage of any sort of work experience programs um, and meet different people in your field of interest. Think about what kinds of careers may be a good fit for you, considering specifically your strengths and talents, but also the, some of the things that you have challenges with. And if you're considering a particular career and you're able to actually speak with one who work, uh, a person who works in that career, ask them what a typical day looks like so that you kind of know maybe what to expect in a typical day doing that career. The other thing to consider is if you haven't already, look into um, how assistive technology can support your learning. Particularly when students enter post-secondary, there's a real increase, like I said before, in the expectation of being more independently involved in your own learning and taking initiative. Um, so whether it's using things like timers or elaborate more software programs like text-to-speech, you want to learn what technologies you can use to your advantage and practice using them to increase their effectiveness. So by the time you get to post-secondary, you might have a couple uh, different technologies that you feel comfortable using right off the bat. And also to keep in mind that when you go to post-secondary, you might be also exposed to some other technologies um, that you previously didn't have exposure to. So that's good as well. When you start to get an idea of what you might be interested in studying at post-secondary, um, consider the following here. So first, attend post-secondary institutions open houses. These are great opportunities to check out the campuses, meet students and staff, and ask any questions um, about specific programs that you might have. Always, always apply early and keep track of deadlines and other requirements. So you want to make sure to compile all the documents that are required for your application and have someone double check um, your application before you send it in. A second pair of eyes can often help to make sure nothing was missed. And this is particularly an area where parents will very likely need to help um, their teenage children because the um, organizational requirements are quite high here. And if the applications themselves don't already come with their own uh, little checklist of everything that needs to be involved, you may want to make your own so you've got a verbal reminder, or a visual reminder, sorry, of all of the things that need to go in that application. Another thing to consider that may be helpful for um, young adults who have ADHD is to consider taking a reduced course load. So some individuals with ADHD and or learning disabilities may be more successful if they're able to reduce the amount of work that they need to complete within a particular semester. The one thing you'll have to keep in mind is to be sure to check with your specific program that this is actually possible to do 
because some classes are only offered once per year or in some in certain cycles and some programs require that students follow a specific schedule um, in order to graduate uh, at a certain time. Um, but they may be able to find a way to make it work so that it works for you and it always doesn't hurt to ask. In other cases, when you're doing um, just more general degrees, it's usually quite common to be able to take a reduced course load. Uh, another very important thing to keep in mind is to begin looking into funding for your education. So depending on your financial situation, you may need to apply for a student loan. In some cases, you may also be eligible for things like scholarships and bursaries. So you want to check for scholarships within your institution as well as outside the institution. There is also funding available specifically for individuals with disabilities. Um, so external awards for individuals uh, with disabilities are available at a number of websites. Um, a couple examples are www.disabilityawards.ca and there's also another one called National Educational Association of Disabled Students. So that's www.needs.ca, or you can just Google National Educa Educational Association of Disabled Students. There's also some funding that is available through the Government Canada website. And if you go to the Co Government of Canada website and search Canada Student Grant for services and equipment for students with permanent disabilities. You can find some information there about eligibility. You might always want to check with your advisor at the post-secondary institution that you're attending to see if there's any other funding that you may not know about because sometimes they also know about things that have come up or uh, different funding opportunities. Once you actually begin your studies at post-secondary institution, there are some other things that you want to consider as well. Go to the Accessibility Center and meet with a student advisor. So that's the Accessibility Center is where you're going to go to give them your paperwork about your ADHD uh, diagnosis. So the student advisor can help get you set up with different supports and accommodations for your classes. And make sure to bring your um, assessment report with you so, or whatever documentation you have about your diagnosis. They will also tell you what type of docu documentation is needed um, and typically what I've heard from uh, student advisors that I know different institutions will accept reports or documentation somewhere between three to five years old uh, but you always want to check with the institution that you're attending or planning on attending to see what their policy is for that. And just um, so you know as well, individual program plans that come from uh, the, the K-12 grade school system do not transfer into post-secondary settings. So um, it's fine that you let them know that you've had an IPP, but it's not the accommodations that you receive in the post-secondary setting will not necessarily be based on the IPP. It's more about the diagnosis and the types of impairments that you have um, in the ed educational setting. Other thing you want to keep in uh, mind is very important to monitor your academic performance from the very beginning. So don't wait until the end of the semester to ask for help. 
because it gets a little bit stressful when it's near the end and you're worried about your final grades. If you notice that you're struggling, speak with your advisor. They may be able to get um, help such as a tutor or an academic strategist. Remember also that your disability is kept confidential by the Accessibility Center. So your instructors will need to know that you have some sort of disability because you're going to be um, accessing supports and accommodations, say like extra time for exams, but they are not going to be provided with specific information about the nature of your disability. This is kept confidential. Now you may choose to disclose your disability with students and staff at the institution or keep it private and that's completely up to you. And we actually know that I meant now that I mentioned that we have a podcast about disclosing your diagnosis. So if you're interested in that, you can take a listen to that. Um, the other thing to consider is that you want to remember that students with disabilities who receive accommodations do not have an unfair advantage um, over students who do not receive accommodations. Some people may argue that this is the case. However, accommodations merely level the playing field for individuals with disabilities. So for example, no one would say that an individual who wears glasses to correct their vision has an advantage. So you don't need to feel bad that you're accessing certain technologies or supports or you're getting extra time or a quiet room to write tests. You'll still need to put in the work and under understand yourself as an individual learner and accommodations simply help you with the aspects of learning that are difficult for you because of your disability. So don't be afraid to access supports or accommodations. So remember everything above and be aware of when you're having difficulty and ask for help right away. Take control of your education and continue to develop a deeper understanding of yourself as a learner and a human being. And remember to work hard and also have a lot of fun while you're there. For a summary of kind of everything that I've already talked about, you can also check out the handout we have on the ADHD Families website, and it's titled Transitioning to Post-Secondary. You can search in the search box, um, you can type in transition, and that'll bring up um, a bunch of other resources, and it'll also bring up this handout. Um, one other thing I wanted to point out quickly is that um, in the province of Alberta, uh, where we reside, there is duty to accommodate legislation. So this document talks about your legal rights as an individual with a disability and the responsibility of post-secondary institutions to provide reasonable supports and accommodations. So if you're interested in checking out that legislation, um, it provides some frequently asked questions, it defines what an accommodation is, it also gives some uh, case law to show why we've come to this conclusion in our province um, in order to have a duty to accommodate. And it also provides some web links, uh, some resources for funding as well, which might be very helpful for parents and students. And this duty to accommodate legislation, you can find it on the Alberta Human Rights website. Uh, so www.albertahumanrights.ab.ca and the title is, the it's a bulletin called Duty to Accommodate Students with Disabilities. One last thing I'd like to also mention, that if you are a student or a parent of a student 
um, who's in high school and looking to start making the transition. Um, in the, if you're living in the Calgary area specifically, um, the post-secondary service providers, so some disability advisors who have a, a group, they um, every year they run a transition to post-secondary education event where you can come and learn um, more about the funding, more about what to expect um, from things like accommodations and supports and that whole process of getting that set up. They also often have a student panel so you can hear firsthand from students who have accessed these supports and what their experience is. Um, and this event is usually held in February each year, so we just had one this uh, past February. And if you're interested in finding out about um, when that is, you can either ask your guidance counselor or you can check online. Um, ADHDfamilies.ca um, always will have it posted on the main webpage probably a month or so It's when it's supposed to happen, as well as on the canlearnsociety.ca website. For more information about transitioning to post-secondary or transitions in general, you can visit the transition section. There's a specific tab on the ADHDfamilies.ca website. So those, that'll give you links to um, different accessibility services for various post-secondary institutions in the Calgary area. It'll also give you more resources for scholarships and grants and links to things like transition planning guides as well. So thanks very much for listening this week to Inside ADHD. I also wanted to give a quick reminder to, if you haven't already, to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes. Uh, you can search for us, uh, ADHD Families, and the podcast is called Inside ADHD. That way every time we have a new episode, it'll alert you on your phone or your device that there's a new one waiting for you to listen to. So thanks for listening. I hope this uh, that this was useful for you. And again, if you have any teenagers in your life or parents of teenagers, pass this episode along so that they can listen as well. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. For more information about ADHD and how to help your child, visit ADHDfamilies.ca and follow us on Twitter.